You are listening to The Future of Work, Water Cooler Conversations, where business leaders share how they integrate humanity and technology to create a better workplace for today and tomorrow. This radio show and podcast is brought to you by Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center. And now let's listen in as Jen Burrell and Kyle McIntosh connect with today's valued guests. And we're back with the Future of Work Water Cooler Conversations. I'm Kyle McIntosh here with my co-host and good friend, Jen Burwell, and our fascination with business leaders who have developed innovative approaches, healthy cultures, flexible workspaces, and seamless virtual technology. I'll start off by saying, Jen, good to see you. Welcome. Hello. Good to see you. And today we are excited to introduce you to Donna Kennedy, the Economic Development Director, and Jill Bushbacher, the Economic Development Program Manager at the City of Tempe. Welcome to you two. Thank you. Good to be Thank here. You. Thanks. Uh, so the way that we like to start the shows off is really getting to know the two of you a little bit, not necessarily just uh, what you're up to today, but Hey, where did you grow up? Uh, How did you get from there to where you sit today and what you're up to with the city of Tempe? Donna, would you like to go first? Sure. Thanks, Kyle and Jen, for having us. But uh, yeah, it has been a journey for me, but I I guess I can summarize it. I moved out here when I was 10 from Chicago, so I have an urban background as a kid, but came to Arizona. Obviously, it's been a while when and watched its growth over the past several years. I'll say, put it at that. Um, and Arizona known to be more agricultural, more to be um, tourism and real estate. And now we're a hub for many industries. We're a growing dynamic for knowledge-based jobs. We're very excited to be part of it in Tempe. I um, got from grad school in planning. I'm a professional planner, but also my master's in it and went to teach or at ASU as well, taught students there. But my career started in the town of Buckeye. My first project was the Verado project, which I'm always proud to tout because back in the day, everyone was like, what are you working on out in Buckeye? So, but Buckeye has just built off its successes and done very well. So went to the city of Phoenix. Um, I was a senior planner there and worked on projects such as Desert Ridge with Mayo, um, oversaw many of the villages there, downtown projects, and had wonderful opportunities to advance in economic development with the city of Phoenix. Um, Worked in economic development in the downtown development office, just the economic development department, and noticed the opportunity in Tempe had enough skill sets, got the courage, applied, and here I am, the director at uh, City of Tempe for Economic Development. Well, that sounds like a fun journey. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get into that a little bit more. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and but before we go to Jill, I just have a question: like, what originally inspired you in, in planning? Like, what what was that inspiration piece that just that kind of set the course for your career? Great question, Jen. What it was is growing up and seeing our land and our desert being developed without really master planning. We had a lot of -of out-of-state investors come in and build retail strip centers. And I didn't see a vision and I knew what Chicago was about. And I thought, I want to get involved. I want to get back into it. I went back to school and got my master's and I knew my path was in planning to do that. Super cool. Thank you for sharing. 
Jill, how about you? So I come to uh, the area by way of New Mexico. I, I grew up in New Mexico. Um, I'm an Aggie. I graduated from New Mexico State University and uh, love New Mexico, but found really great job opportunities here in Arizona. And I've been here for quite some time now. I've been here uh, for about 25 years. And, um, you know, it was a really great decision that I made to come out to Arizona. I'm really pleased that I did. I never thought that I would stay for very long. I kind of came thinking, oh, I'll stay a year or two and kind of try it out. And I think a lot of people maybe come thinking that and, and then uh, fall in love with it and, and find a lot of great opportunity here. So I've been very... Um... Oh, no, Jeff. Well, technical difficulty. We'll work around pleased it. Pleased with how, you know, that's all worked. And education and employment. Um, helping women in Guadalupe and Phoenix get placed into training and education. And I uh, was able to uh, work my way over to the county, uh, doing uh, working with employers, helping them with hiring and, and training as well. And then I moved into a role similar at City of Phoenix, and it worked its way into economic development. So I, I've been really uh, pleased to work in small business, and entrepreneurship services, workforce development with training and hiring programs and grants and resources for employers, and also in business attraction. So I've kind of been lucky to do sort of all three legs of the stool of economic development, as like we as we kind of like to say. And um, my role in, in Tempe is really in um, working with small businesses, entrepreneurs, and our existing businesses of all types and industries and sizes keeping them happy, healthy, and here, as we like to say. So very fortunate, very excited to be doing what I do. And um, over this last year, have especially focused on, on serving our small businesses because that's been a really um, especially important time to work with them. So happy, healthy, and here. Is that <laughs> the crux of if somebody's listening to this show and they have no idea what uh, economic development looks like for a city? Is that really what it is? I mean, all the efforts that you you do every day are, are around those three things? A, a lot of them are. I mean, keeping the right, you know, mix of jobs and industries in our community, um, you know, and investment, tax revenues. I mean, that's kind of what we're all about. We want to keep people employed. We want to, you know, keep bringing in new great opportunities. So we're attracting new jobs and we're trying to keep the ones we already have. And the companies that are here, we especially want them when they're thinking about making new investments to do it in our community first, you know, before they they look elsewhere. So um, those relationships, a lot of it's about relationships, building and keeping relationships with our uh, tremendous business community is, is much of what we do. Absolutely. I was thinking a lot about you guys um, as the pandemic was unfolding and um, my, you know, I can only imagine the year you guys have had, um, and the changes. Um, so can you talk to us a little bit about like what trends or changes have you seen throughout this last 12, 14 months with our community and, um, businesses specifically? Yeah, you're, you're totally right. As far as, especially with the pandemic and we initially started with a hundred day plan, but look where we're at today. You know, we've put out various programs because we knew businesses would be struggling, especially the smaller businesses. But now that we're coming out of it, trends we're basically seeing is, and, you know, Jill and I have both in different areas have seen many 
realizing that businesses are downsizing. They've become experts at telecommuting with a lot of their staff. And so their square footage in their building, their footprint now has decreased, but we see that as an opportunity. We see now we can attract more businesses. There might be more available rents for entrepreneurs to come in at a reduced rate because it's um, a sublease and there might be room for negotiation. So we look at it that way because a lot of, just especially in our downtown and Lake area, all those buildings were all leased up, but now we have more opportunities to bring more people into our downtown core employment cores. Um, but we realize the trends on this are um, in all our employment districts that we have, even as far as designing space, you know, it was cubicles for so many years and now it's more open studio concepts. So they come in, the collaboration is different there. They come in from home to do meetings at work. So the utilization of space is different and more amenities. We were seeing new development come on where there's bocce ball courts, outdoor barbecue grills, and it's more of a, a true, I wouldn't say a live work, but play work atmosphere <laughs> because let's face it, you know, when you get your staff and the more motivated they are, it's because they're happy in their environment. Yeah, so we're seeing a couple interesting things um, for our space. So we have 150,000 square feet of commercial space, and we are definitely seeing some shifts and um, our co-working space where there's more flexibility. But in the last, and Kyle, you could speak to this better than me, but in the last couple of weeks, we've really seen a lot of activity pick up, and we're having tours multiple times a day, if not multiple times a week. And also from a personal note, um, my father-in-law and I own a, a donut shop that we were at Chandler Mall and through the pandemic, we opened it right before the pandemic. It was kind of a recipe for disaster. And um, we're looking for a new location and I'm really encouraging him to look in Tempe. And some of the real estate agents I'm talking to are like, no, things are bouncing back. Like people are moving quick. People are feeling a lot better. Like somebody I talked to said, I've executed 17 leases in the last two weeks. So are you guys kind of seeing the same thing in like the retail and, and restaurant side? Because I know that those sides were hit pretty, pretty hard. Retail and restaurant have been totally hit by in Tempe, actually our downtown Mill Avenue. I wish I could say they were coming back sooner than they are. Um, we're getting a lot of questions as to, you know, what's on the market, what's available. But sometimes when you have the higher rents, it makes it more difficult. We're seeing more action now than we have before in our South Tempe market uh, for restaurants, which is interesting to me too, because we always wanted that, but we were always below the rooftops aren't there. But I'm telling you all the jobs that are coming in now and that we've brought in over the past, since I've come on to Tempe, we've added 40,000 new jobs to Tempe, but yeah. the jobs, they're coming from all over. But you realize we're bringing companies in from California, so the rooftops are coming. And people think, well, I can get the rents. So it's kind of like a catch-22, if you will. I know our mayor, he's a foodie. If anybody's listening that is a restaurant entrepreneur or, or wanting to try to locate in Tempe, give me a call because he loves to have different and a variety of restaurants, especially conversion in old buildings. You know, if we have a vacant old, we've got um, industrial areas that we're converting um, into more of a mixed use kind of cool um, environment, um, industrial, but yet food halls, we welcome live, work, play stations there too. So we're transforming, we're growing urban and we're growing urban quick. And um, we're all coming out of this bubble, if you will, with new creative ideas and our office is there 
to help promote those ideas and help you. And especially Kyle, you know, your efforts as well. And um, we would love a new donut shop. <laughs> well, hopefully my father-in-law is listening because I'm lobbying hard for Tempe. <laughs> um, but, and we just had cul-de-sac on last week, right? Oh, it was last week. Yeah, last week. Oh, I love that. I mean, tell uh, it was must an interesting broadcast for sure, podcast, because we're just so excited about having them um, and their product, if you will. No parking, less dependent on cars trying to get us to add more bike lanes to be more of a functional city, um, keeping the environment and sustainable efforts up front too. So it's, it's lovely. It was, it, it's it, all good as far as growing. It, it's been interesting. Uh, I think everybody has seen in the, everybody that's sort of in this world of space where people can do work, whether it's retail, commercial, it's changed. It's going to keep changing. I, and I think what's fun about it is uh, there's some times for sure when I say, uh, oh, yeah, there's that big change and there's really an opportunity that's there. But I really mean I don't want to say that there's issues that we have to figure out. But there really are these really cool opportunities like uh, what you described. People are reconfiguring their floor, their uh, footprint to figure out, do we need this much space? Can we have more flexible space? How does the market respond to that? The cul-de-sac is an example of, can we rethink how we do this type of space and land development in general? How, how do, if I'm a new business owner and I've got an idea and it's, you know, whether it's sort of uh, old school, how things used to work, or I've got a, a brand spanking new idea like cul-de-sac with uh, no cars and lots of bike lanes. I mean, how do we suss that idea out and see what the viability is with, uh, say, the city of Tempe? I'd say basically get in touch with our office, especially me. And we always review everybody's concepts. And we've had quite a few interesting and really pretty cool concepts lately. Um, but what we vetted out, we with there's an interest, we want you to have your business plan. We want you to have a pro forma. If there's an ask for the city, what type of um, incentive? And we don't have a toolbox for incentives to make that clear, unfortunately. But if there's a will, we can get very creative and how to try to long, try to help businesses succeed. But um, you'd be surprised at some of the... Um, not only products, but ideas that come forth that we do want to promote. We're a city of wave makers, if you will. That's our motto, you know, being having the lake, we want to be wave makers. And you just never know from concept and idea where it would lead to. And a good example of that is our own fabric. Um, you may have had them on your podcast, but you know, two designers came on board and other cities kind of said we weren't interested, but these gals have a wealth of experience and I knew that they could do what they promised as far as opening up a um, fashion design industry in Tempe. And they've been very, very successful because they stepped up to the plate and they had their dream come true. They, we haven't had them on the show yet, but we absolutely should. And I just wrote that down as no. note. What, what's, what's fun about Okay, I'm just I'm looking around me because I can look out the window and see where I am in this building and in Tempe and like fabrics over here. Uh, United Dairymen of Arizona is back here. Uh, manufacturing corridor. What's cool is there's this flexibility and creativity to support innovation, and that doesn't necessarily mean tech or not tech or or anything. But it's 
I mean, fabric is a perfect example of get your hands dirty, making real stuff and uh, uh, serve a populace that's out there. And so just the the wide array of really cool resources that are out there in Tempe is, is a, it makes it a pretty special place. And it, it just speaks, I think, to a long-term vision that the city has where, like you said, other cities took a look at fabric and said, no, it's not the right fit for us right now. But hey, over an elongated uh, period of view, that's going to be such a huge resource for the city of Tempe. Right. And Kyle, you, you made a good point. Um, we have had to have strategies across the street. Um, we labeled it, and I, I know you may be aware, but it's called our maker district. So we like to have like all things made in Tempe in this district or trying to identify it. And it's one of our innovation hubs, but all our innovation hubs, when they came out about um, opportunity zones a few years ago, we laid, we were asked where we wanted it and we put them in all our opportunity zones. So if investments come in and it's a incentive and if you get sponsors, um, you could take advantage of that opportunity from a federal government program. So we try to lay everything in place and have a strategy on it and different key areas for employment. But yeah, that maker district, especially across from you, the makers, you know, once they grow their businesses and need a larger footprint or whatnot, you know, across the street in your proximity, they could be right there as well as other places in Tempe. For sure. And I would just add to our innovation hubs discussion, um, the Smith hub has been a really a key area for us. It's a, it's an area where we're doing an infrastructure study right now, but we've been working with the businesses and landowners and all sorts of people from the community to really, you know, help drive a vision for the area. Some design guidelines were passed in October by city council uh, for the area. And now there's a, a portion of it that can be used uh, for mixed use industrial, which is a new category that we helped create through our innovation hub initiative. And so we're, you know, we're trying to bring in, as Donna said, a, a larger mix of uses these are older industrial areas, these particular ones we pointed out, Maker District and Smith Hub. And, you know, it's not your grandparents' um, world anymore. <laughs> and so um, the, the idea of bringing millennials in, into the workforce, into more of a live-work-play environment is kind of what we're going for in these areas. We want to enhance what's already there because we have some great businesses already there. But we want to add housing and retail and just a stronger mix and make it a really uh, vibrant environment for everyone in the community, whether they want to live there, work there. We want to add bike lanes and open space. And that's kind of the vision for these areas moving forward. And it's in keeping with the Brookings Institute study that was done um, kind of defining innovation hubs a few years ago. And that's really what this is based on. So this is a national trend and there are all kinds of interesting best practices around it, but we're excited to bring this to fruition. We've got some great projects going on in both of these hubs. Um, and there's some artists involved. There are some really neat uh, new adaptive reuse projects like the hub in the maker district. Uh, check out the hub building if you haven't gotten a chance. It's near um, Alameda and Hardy, and it's a really cool adaptive reuse of an old industrial building uh, that Michael Bronska developed. And it's just very exciting to see the possibilities for that new building. Cool opportunities, and it's a healthy building, has really neat outdoor space. So 
Uh, just lots of neat new things going on in all of our hubs, but those are two that we're focused on right now and trying to get uh, folks most involved in and trying to get resources and new investment and continue that growth of the area. You, you two are ruining my plans for being productive in the next couple of weeks. Now I'm going to go check out all these cool things that are in Tempe that uh, I've either been to, but not for a while, or ha- I haven't been to uh, the hub yet. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah. Field trip, Kyle. Yeah. And the Smith area is just south of Tempe Marketplace area, just that old industrial. I don't know if that came clear, but it's, um, we've got the new things coming in, that new employment corridor, but this is all the old, you know, the older industrial. What we have found in that area is um, most of the industrial buildings don't meet the standards of what industrial you need today. And most of the shops in there are commercial, office, and so they need different types of amenities and we're trying to bring it to that existing business. So you brought up amenities with uh, commercial office spaces that are around and that you're seeing increasing, whether it's bocce ball courts or let's see, Maxix version of that. We've got a uh, fit trail around our buildings and the gym and some yeah. some things that we're offering. And I, I think it's, spe- I mean, what it speaks to for me is not necessarily that we're competing with the building across the street from us with amenities. There's some transactional nature of that, but really we are meeting people where they're at, where they're wanting to come to work, not just as their work self and and compartmentalize and be here and work. And then I shut that off and I go home and I have my family self and I can relax and, and have, you know, access to what makes me uh, fulfilled as a whole human. There's got to be, I mean, w- what we're talking about here is this economic development as it relates to businesses, but how much how much thought, how much work goes into Tempe is a place where people live. I mean, this is a, this is a great place to grow up, raise a family, start a business. I mean, how much work do you guys specifically do, I guess, that relates to that portion of it? Well, we are, have our hand in almost every aspect, if you will, (laughs) including, and, you know, spot on with those questions, because once you do get home, what is there to do and whatnot? So, Right now, we're working with our parks and rec department on major things that are happening, potential zip lines across the lake, revamping our golf courses to bring in new revenues, you know, making partnerships happen there. Pickleball, restaurant opportunities, where can that happen? And we totally believe, and as far as with the mayor too, as far as keeping our city sustainable in its economy. And that is just outside of the workforce too. It's also what you do after work. Um, There's night and daytime opportunities. Now we're going to maybe have nighttime golf. What does that mean? So we look at it holistically um, and the mayor and the council over the years, the investments in the lake, the investments in our light rail, the investments in the streetcar that's going to be opening hopefully within the first quarter of next year, coming down Mill Avenue and connecting and looping around to the light rail system. But it it makes this mobile. It makes us in action. If um, our Tempe Beach Park, once COVID, once we're done with getting through and all of us getting vaccinated and trying to you know stay on top of things, um, we're going to get back. And I think it's going to be um, growing back better because we've had time to have this construction, put things in place, work 
with agreements with folks to come to the lake. We might have a house eventually on the lake. So there is a vision. Tempe leaders are visionaries and they look forward to the future to see what the footprint they leave now for later. So um, it's a, a great opportunity for me personally to work with Tempe because they have such a vision. I'll, I'll add zip lining to the future date night I'm planning with uh, the new hockey arena that's being built for ASU. Uh, <laughs> right. This gives me hope that we could have a zip line between our two buildings someday too, because yes. we always say, because they're divided by the parking lot. But I never a, know. <laughs> never know. Um, but I do have a purely um, just, I'm so curious. So with COVID and with everybody staying home, did it, did it like, shorten your construction schedules because people weren't on the road so you could like do more work or did that not happen? Well, it certainly helped. And we're also also glad because of the weather in the summer and then um, not having the traffic to address it. But then on the other hand, there's the supplies that come in, you know, Mm -hmm. COVID put a halt on the steel and whatnot that to bring in all that product so that we could build the lines and lay the tracks so six of one, half a dozen of the other. Last I heard, we're ahead of schedule. So um, that's the good news for that. And um, invite everybody to come ride the streetcar. And there's an interesting story behind the streetcar. And I don't know if many know this, but only because I've had to go to many council hearings to hear the outcome. But um, when we were first looking at the streetcar, it was a cable car. And we did not want to ruin, or I should say, not say we, but our mayor and council at the time did not want to ruin the effect of Mill Avenue with its overhanging trees and that quaint environment. So when the streetcar does come and connect, the cables go down and it runs on a lithium battery. And then it goes through Mill Avenue downtown and then the cables will come back up as it connects. So that's what I mean. They really think things through to make sure we don't, ruin what's already in place, but to only improve upon what is already there, the infrastructure. That is super cool. So this is a quick personal story about Tempe. Um, There's so many things I love about Tempe and, you know, the artists and like how like art is always brought in and thought about as a component. Um, And my kids go to school in Tempe and I was driving them to school the other morning and it was like right when vaccines opened and my husband called me and he was like, hey, it's opened. I like pull off the freeway. Um, I was in South Tempe and I pull off the freeway to get my appointment. I look over and there was a starship robot um, delivering food on the sidewalk. And then later that day, I saw Waymo with a driverless car and I'm making an appointment to get a vaccine for a and in a pandemic that happened in 12 months. It was like, what world? It was like a George <laughs> Jetson world I was living in. And my kids were like so excited that they saw a robot. And for them, they're, they're little, they're six, four, and two. I was like, this is the world they're going to grow up in. Like, this is just normal. Um, oh, I wish I was in your car. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very exciting day. And and all, a lot of that is like, because of the innovation of Tempe and the willingness to try things and experiment and Starship um, is over at our, our park lane facility. Um, so it's super cool, but I just... It's always exciting around the city. Yeah, isn't it? Uh, it's it's it kind of gives you hope to something else is even going to come because you know for so many years it, it was in the works, but now it's a reality. Seeing mm-hmm. all the hard work that all these entrepreneurs, inventors, you know, because they have to go through 
getting funding, outsourcing for what they need. And it takes time for them to build up to what they could launch out to the public. So who knows? I might be flying around in a vehicle within the next 10 years. (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Go ahead, Kyle. So I've been thinking about something recently is we just uh, reconnected with the United Dairymen and uh, the five C's of Arizona. And I love it. Uh, because I think I could remember what they are off the top of my head and I know it, but it's sort of, I mean, there's a shift too, right? Like that's not exactly what Arizona is known for is anymore, although there's components of it. What, I mean, what is Tempe? Is it, I, I think that people sometimes when they're coming from California or other States in particular, they might have this view of Arizona or Tempe and ASU right there as sort of a, hey, it's a place where I know it's business friendly, I can have a favorable tax rates. And but is there are there ways that we're you're we as Tempe are, are beginning to describe, here's kind of what we're known for. Uh, so you know how to come into this identity. Yes, it's um, combination, probably of everything we've been talking about. It's everything you would want in a little city with transportation recreation on the lake. We're 10 minutes from the airport. You could go by rail. You don't have to take a car. We're innovative. Um, Innovation coming out of ASU is the strongest point, as you mentioned, Kyle, for us. And in the past, we would always hear um, every, you know, when you get out of college, you'd want to go to Chicago, New York, California, get a job, go work in the big finance industries, but now we're creating an environment where high wage jobs are right here for them. So get and we're getting businesses and headquarters here that are looking to nab and get those um, students and train them and help them. But then they're also liking the environment that they went to school in. So maybe they want to come and open up their business um, because of the environment that we've started to create. Um, you know, years ago when I got college the first time, the town lake was just an idea. And, you know, people wanted to get out of the desert. Well, now there's things to do in the desert. You could, you know, go on your lunch hour and kayak on the lake or, you know, it's an urban lake, but it's still something. So then there's there's a lot of opportunities just within not only Tempe, but the region as well. Um, surrounding cities all complement each other here. So, you know, you have different types of recreational aspects that you could go do, whether you go out in the outskirts and horseback riding or stay in town in an urban Tempe and hang with the restaurants and and with the like-minded people as far as the creative sense. And I could go on (laughs) and babble about how excited I am about Tempe, but uh, we are creating a a city of which you want to stay in, live in, and work in. So we've kind of been talking about the future and some changes that's been happening, but through like what's stayed the same? The heart of Tempe, the people of Tempe, um, they're always, no matter what, willing to do neighbor to neighbor, help each other. Um, it's a community, but he knows each other and embrace each other for newcomers that come into the city. Um, it's just Tempe is is just known for the collaborative efforts, even not only within, but with our regional partners. Um, you know, we have Tempe Chamber, we have our downtown Tempe Authority, we have our Tempe Tourism, 
all our stakeholders, we get together, we get creative ideas. And I know Jill maybe had some technical problems, but one thing she does is reach out to businesses. And right before COVID, we were addressing traffic issues. And um, we came up with really good concepts that major headquarters were buying into and lacking our ride share programs as one. We weren't siloed. So, um, and we do want to connect with one another, you know, with business. Like Jill mentioned, she works with the small businesses. That was our pilot project or is our pilot project to see how we could uplift it to the next level, but remain its cool vibe of the area. So, and, you know, we're getting ideas from the businesses. They need, there's certain things they need versus other areas of town. So, we're good listeners. We want to work. We do our best. And um, it's a small community, but we grow big ideas. So that that bring, that makes me think of a good question. So if you're a business owner, either you have an idea or you're an existing Tempe business owner, and you have, you need some help from the city, I've always wondered this, like, who do you start with? Where do you go? Like, what's the channels? Does it depend on what you're needing, maybe? It does. Um, typically where I would start is our planning and community development because they're the ones that have the code and can tell you what you can do, what you can't do, or how you need it, or what permits and whatnot, what you need to do to get where you need. And they are very well versed and they've got, whether it's an inspector or an engineer can come out to your side, analyze what you're doing and tell you the shortcut and how to get it done in the most efficient way to get it done. Sometimes there is things that is not in our code and you can't do, but, you know, maybe, and I have gotten involved um, in some things and you just maybe, okay, we're, we're living differently now. Our code might be antiquated in some areas and my opportunity for us to really look how we change our code to meet the demands of society or of the city as uh, they're operating today. So there's always open ears to it. There's always comments. You could come to a public hearing that the mayor and council hold twice a month. Um, you can voice your opinion on things. And, and they do take note. You can email our, our city council and they give direction. Hey, this is a good idea. We should be elevating this. And why are we doing that? And, you know, there's some merit to some things. And we change the code to address different needs. I just, you know, for I think I just got clarity on why I... Uh, I enjoy Max 6 being in the city of Tempe and our relationship with the city. And the analogy that just sunk into my head is in a business, there's kind of two kinds of HR people. There's the kinds that are all about enforcing the rules and kind of stop doing that, stop doing that. We can't do that. Then there's the kinds that are, I'm going to empower you to be better, learn, develop yourself, figure out new solutions. And it's, it, there's always that component of it in any municipality where, okay, we have rules, we have to enforce the rules. But so often, my experience with Max 6, our experience has been, hey, we want to try this. We have, first, that I have a relationship with the city and, and people to talk to that will communicate back and, and try and help be a part of the solution and develop what we're doing here. I mean, it's, it is very different than a lot of places that it, you just wouldn't have that relationship. It's either just yes or no red tape and that's it. But hey, we, the city are here to help you 
to figure out how to do what you want to do. How do we help create opportunity for you to create more opportunity for other people? I mean, that's, that's really been the story of my experience being in Tempe. Good to hear. And it's, it's true. It may not always be perfect, but we always strive. And you, you know, you were right when you mentioned earlier, I think Kyle, you said, you know, what is economic development? (laughs) And it just, it keeps changing and it depends on the day and who needs what and working with businesses and sometimes residents who need to have a certain type of business in their area. And we need to go solicit maybe a little more like restaurants, like donut shops or, you know, see how we can help, uh, you know, get the community, the needs, the demand and needs of the community. So, but, and like I said, sometimes it takes longer, but, you know, it's always on top of mind on things that need to be done. And we have a, uh, Mayor Woods is really, you know, addressing his current, uh, strategies and actually vision for hometown for all housing is one. It's very important that we have um, not only the middle, middle housing, but people that can afford housing, attainable housing and affordable housing for those who really need it, depending on their income level. So, um, you know, Tempe now is the place to be. People want to live, work and play here, but not everybody can afford to live there. So we want to break that barrier and create housing for people um, so we have all levels of income. Um, so that's one of the major goals too. And economic development tries to help where that can. Currently, we released a request for proposals for the Donnell Plaza area. And we're trying to look for a great mixed use project that includes affordable housing and forced housing. So, and it's our land. So, we, you know, we can help make that happen. Yeah, I think that's such an important point because as like, innovation and change and growth and prosperity happens, you know, it doesn't happen for everyone all at the same time on different levels. And so just making sure that we're thinking about all the residents is a really important piece, which brings me to a half-baked question that I have in my head. Um, It's like, so we talk about a lot about Max 6 about like different stakeholders and how, you know, like as customers and employees and owners and the environment and our city and all these different things. Um, and we try to balance the needs of all of them. And that's what I heard in a lot of your conversation, but there's like natural tensions that happen. Um, so how do you juggle that and manage all the different stakeholders and all the different needs? Yes. Those needs eventually all have to come together and it's about all education at the forefront to really learn and understand what it is we're all trying to do and our role in it. Um, Because we're a very diverse community, we all have different types of ideas or different approaches how you get there. But educating and making sure everybody has all the facts and we're transparent and how you move forward with different types of agenda. It's growth and development. Um, I can say a lot of people would oppose growth and development Um, sometimes because we are used to being a small community. But, you know, just by a natural tendency, we're growing um, because of the lake. The lake there wants people to live here. So therefore, other businesses want to be here. More buildings are added. We are landlocked by the freeway. So we have to grow tall and up versus wide and out. Um, So how do we get there? What do we do? We've got um, Dr. Braden Kay on board for sustainability and looking for long-term plans for us and how we have those sustainable measures from 
I, our perspective and focus, um, cost efficiencies, um, economic development, or do we get the revenues to pay for everything? So you've got to answer to a lot of people who have different types of agendas, but then how do you get there? And that's why we have the mayor and council we have today who can hear and make wise decisions. Uh, so I have a little funny story. I, I can't even remember who I was talking to, but it was a Tempe group. And somebody asked um, uh, another person, because um, they were talking about the growth in Tempe and, and how exciting it is on a lot of fronts, but their parents had lived there for generation, like a long, long time, they're long time Tempe residents, like, but how do your parents feel about it? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, they really don't like all the growth and they wish that like the Tempe that they knew, um, but they love going out to eat at all the restaurants, like before a pandemic. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) funny combination. It is. And and yeah, we all get used to something and I'm guilty of it to some extent too. But then once we do realize, oh, it's not so bad after all, or I get it, you know, it does. The good news is you have a forum where you could come voice your opinion and at the council or, you know, level, um, and, you know, or even calling my office or calling me. And, and again, that's why I got into my profession. As I mentioned earlier, I saw how things were being developed and there was no thought that this is our desert. You know, we want to make sure we plan accordingly. And of course it took many years as a planner and it's, there. you know, everybody, every generation uses the word shade. <laughs> You know, we just got to make sure those trees and everything are planted. But it's, I mean, that's one little thing, but it makes a huge difference in community. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, uh, a two kind of two part question. What, uh, what are some of the wins, uh, that Tempe has had this year in the recent past as, as in terms of, uh, in, in new jobs, investment in the community and also like, what is it? look like for the future? Are there, are there, uh, aspirational, here's what the vision is that we'd like to attract more of this as, as we move forward in the next five years, say? Yes. And, um, the wins for me, it just, the first win is when we opened Beck and Dickinson, um, company right on Tempe town Lake, right before COVID. Um, it's, a medical device company bring many jobs um, to the area. We call it Lake Adjacent. It's right by our Tempe Center for the Arts. That was a win for us because of the new development, a new image. But then, sorry, I just got a Jill just text me. Um, it, it created a different synergy where it allowed us to have different type of business attraction coming to it with other industries. Um, I don't know if your audience is familiar with our IDEA campus. It's um, right by the Tempe Performing Arts Center. And here's, uh, Jen, it's kind of a project. Not everybody wanted it, and we understood that. But it's for innovation, um, discovery, education, and art. And when the project's done, you'll see all those pieces come together on it. But when we had one building and we had the parking structure built and then COVID happened, and now it's kind of like a half-baked project, but once it all comes together, we had a hotel come that was right about to sign to come there, but COVID, and now they're starting to relook at it again. But that was one of them that was really exciting for us, but Align Technologies brought 150 jobs. Robinhood opened along the lake there at 340 jobs. Amazon Tech Hub, 500 jobs. 
Bright Health came. It could be smaller businesses or larger health or larger companies that come in. Um, expansions that happened was DoorDash, CarMax, Fabric, Carvana is huge for us. They they keep on expanding beyond their own actions that they would do. But um, that industry, the auto industry, is changing so much, especially by cars. And for one, bought a car from Carvana, and yes, I went to the machine and put my pin. It was that was the highlight for me. It was very exciting to do. But um, a lot going on. I mean, it's just to keep up with all of it. And you know, we're excited. Um, new development that's just being approved now too. We just approved, uh, you mentioned art earlier. We have a multifamily um, live work art studio coming in right off the um, light rail at Apache. Um, it's called Art Space. So we're going to be providing affordable housing for artists. Um, we've always wanted to do that, but the timing was right. We had some earmarked property that we could see that happen too. So I could keep going on. I'm sure I'm going to kick myself for not mentioning others. And unfortunately, Jill had some technical issues here. I don't know if she's still on or not, but. Um, Can you all hear me? Oh, Sorry about that. I'm having some tech issues, but uh, what a great conversation. I've been able to hear, um, you know, a little more than half of it. So anyway, kind of building on some of the things that Donna said and that you all brought up, I would just mention that you know, you asked Kyle what Tempe's known for. And, you know, we also have a really vibrant uh, manufacturing sector. And I think people forget that about us because it's small to mid-sized companies. Some of them are not, you know, household names, but they do really important, incredible things. And then some of the larger ones are like Medtronic and West Pharma. And West Pharma has been making test tubes that have been used in COVID testing and have been incredibly important during this time. And then we had companies like Vomaris that have been making uh, masks out of antimicrobial materials and antiviral type materials. Very interesting. Um, Just all sorts of interesting manufacturing that happens in our community. And as you guys know from your Park Lane facility, that's one of the things. (laughs) Hanging on a cliff. (laughs) It's to that to that point that. They're not necessarily household names, but what's fascinating, right. if you could... Things that hasn't really been as effective in some cases, they've done better. <laughs> if you, I'm sorry, did I cut out? You, you did yes, a little bit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's why we need others to get out there and help us with our technology. <laughs> it, it's, it's, fasc- it's fascinating that if you could... I'm just thinking if you could float above this area and just sort of float in the sky and look at what's up there, the story that you could tell, not necessarily about household names all the time, but about things that are used in everyday life, like you're talking about, even at our, our manufacturing facility and things that you just never would think of. They, all, they make that little piece that you have no idea is in this product that you use every single day. And that's all they do. And they're the best at it. And they do it right here. Or they make a product that you just you just don't know. It's not, you know, one of these big names, but it's uh, it's widely used all over the place. And it's I mean, there's so much of that. That's such a fun story to see. Uh, I think people just have no idea how much of that is in their backyard here. Uh, The amazing stories that are, you know, we see it all the time of these companies that are 
having great success in what they do. And they're just known in a different way, or they don't have to be known as publicly, but they're here supporting all of our communities to such a great degree. Yes. And, and Jill was right with the, all the businesses and even, I don't know if she mentioned fabric again, over 200,000 isolation gowns that they've made and they stepped up immediately. And just like everybody else she was talking about, Ramaris and I think it's Cask Works, Adventures, um, the stills, they made hand sanitizers. I mean, here again, that's what the community was. We, you know, transitioned and, and you know, we support all of that that comes out of innovation with our businesses who repurpose themselves to help the community. So you're right. And it's all right here. And I wish I had a big megaphone and do speeches once a week to everybody to, Hey, guess what's happening here. But, you know, we do have our websites and we try to broadcast and do shout outs. So if any business is doing something and wants to get us involved or to help them market, you know, we could post it on our social media and try to get you momentum, even if it's an event or um, sometimes we may call on you because, you know, there's a lot of times we, once we get back out of COVID, but we do go to other events and we like to demonstrate by bringing products from Tempe. Um, and we do Hero Popcorn or we do whoever wants to bring uh, or donate to us, we bring their product and um, bring it to events that we go to. So it's kind of like a we try to help you, but then, you know, you could kind of help us get your word out as well. And I just want to say that I was at the BD um, office, the Idea Campus, because um, the Tempe Chamber, that's where we broadcast our um, speaker series from. And it is beautiful, like gorgeous office space. So yes. Very well done. Thank you. And it's, you know, we hope the next buildings that, I mean, there's still so much planned for there with rooftop amenities and once we get the hotel there, then everybody from the city can go do weekends at the hotel and enjoy our arts programs just adjacent to it and, and just enjoy the lake and hopefully the zip line and everything else. That'll be a weekend at the lake. So uh, lots to come. I'm excited. We've been talking about a zip line somewhere in the city of Tempe for so long. Kyle and I have been dreaming of it. I'm very curious who you're talking Uh-oh. with. And if it's the person we have been talking about for years who's been interested <laughs> in this. Yes. Yes. Well, but we have to make sure we get you to the grand opening when it happens. Absolutely. <laughs> so we are, we have a little bit of time left. Uh, uh, before we start to wrap up, and then we have a couple of questions that have nothing to do with what we're talking about, but we like to ask them anyways. What are any upcoming projects, programs, uh, things you'd like to share, get the word about? Uh, how do we use this uh, this show as a mouthpiece to uh, promote some of the things you guys have going on? We've got programs in line our transportation models we're trying to do. I know Jill was going to go into some of that, but our innovation hubs, that's something that if we could get those interested in doing food halls or food concepts, are that's something I really want to make in each of these innovation hubs we spoke about. So with how do I want to say this? There's some things that I know I want to say, but I can't say yet. Um, like say, for example, we're going to put an RFP out within the next couple of months. Um, I, what I could see happening is some startup companies coming in and being part of it. 
And even at IDEA for that matter, we are, once the next building goes up, we're going to try to get a whole floor for startup businesses at different type of rates and have them be part of it. Um, innovation complex there. So um, sometimes people think that, oh, I can't do it on my own. But if you get collective, like 10 startups that want to come and be part of something, um, that's something that innovation really needs in Tempe, the coming of together. And we started that and it started happening a few years back with different groups. And then I feel just all of a sudden, um, just because of the pandemic and everything, we've all kind of put things on hold. I look forward to bringing that all back together. Jill is responsible for holding East Valley events um, to occur for startups. So we're going to be um, announcing that. We're not doing one this year, but next year that'll start coming up. I'm trying to think, I know Jill, are you on? I know she's got, I've got some financing. Okay. Funds for infrastructure improvements for those who want to purchase, like, let's just say you got people together who wanted to do a building in any of our innovation subs, such as Smith and or Maker District, but there's a lot of infrastructure that needs to be happening for upgrades for the building. I have some funds that could help for that. Um, if you've got ideas and concepts and want to repurpose an old building, it may want to talk to me about that. Um, that's something that we really support because these are in our hubs. And if anybody wants to go to our website, I believe our innovation hub map is online and you could see the different areas. We don't have specific boundaries of streets on some of them. They're just basic bubbles, but you can get the kind of areas of town that we're looking at. We want investments for our businesses um, to go. So we ultimately think that by these having these hubs, we have networking going on and, and strategies going on with it. Jill, I, I thought I heard your voice there. Yes. Um, I, sorry, you all are having issues, but I'll just mention to, to build upon what Donna said, we have a, a really fun campaign that's about to start on Tuesday. And for the next five Tuesdays, um, we have a Takeout Tuesdays Color Your Community campaign. It, it is a campaign. It's um, I know that there's artists that are helping, and Jill's this is her program. A variety um, of our restaurants <laughs> having to do with the restaurants, and there's artwork that um, to get more folks involved in either visiting the restaurants and making artists. It's like a coloring book and contest. Jill, I'm so unfortunately she's got all the details on that one. Jill, we can't hear you. Are you? Is this better? It's, yeah. It's, it's, I'm sorry about that. Um, Tempe.gov slash color your community. And it starts next Tuesday evening. And it'll be, you know, the, the pages will be in takeout with the different restaurants around town. And restaurants, um, if you didn't receive the package, which you should be getting in the mail over the weekend, um, you can download those pages and give them to your customers if you'd like as well um, at that same website or anywhere in the community that wants to print those out, you know, to support local landmarks and to support the local artist and and just uh, build some community pride. We're excited to be doing that. And there'll be more small business programs to come in the near future. We did a series of, you know, loans and grants and safety supply distribution and all sorts of things over this last year with our partners at Tourism and DTA and Chamber, and we'll be doing um, more programs. So stay tuned for that. 
Uh, we're in the planning stages for kind of the small business programs 2.0 and just, you know, a lot of exciting things coming up around that. So stay tuned. We heard all of that that time. Great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we are almost out of time. Uh, I just want to ask, we have a couple of questions we ask every guest and have nothing to do with anything we've been talking about, but because we're curious and we're collecting these answers for some future use, though, we're going to ask them. My question is, what is each of your favorite books of all time? Oh, that's a good one. I want to think recently, I'm reading a Stephen King one now about JFK, but um, my favorite book of all time. Jill, do you have one off the bat that you I do. A Hundred Years of Solitude by Gabrielle Garcia Marquez. I also have a Spanish degree, so I have, you know, an interest in Spanish literature. But the genre that he created or that he was um, very involved in was magical realism. And if you get a chance, check into it. You can get the translated version. You don't have to read it in Spanish. But... <laughs> He's an incredible, incredible writer, and he's written a lot of really great books. And I just love um, it. Just it just takes you to a whole nother world. Um, the magical realism genre is just really fun. So I encourage everyone to check it out. Very cool. Awesome. And Donna, I think you're talking about eleven twenty two sixty three, which is an amazing Stephen King book, and has a great yeah. Hulu series as well. And I'm not quite finished with it, but it's very, it's what I'm in the weeds with now. And so, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Kyle's been trying to get me to read that book for how many years, Kyle? Like Uh, since it came out. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so how about you? What have you guys enjoyed reading? What's your recommendation? Go ahead, Jen. Why can I not think of the name of the book? It's a book that I read recently. What is it called? It's called like, I feel like it's Untamed. Is that the book by Glennon Doyle? That's not the name of it. What is the name? Um, Okay, Kyle, you give your book and then I'll I'll figure out my book. So my favorite book ever is also a Stephen King book and is It. I love that book. Uh, And it just has uh, his his whole universe that he, that he, combines between all of his books. And uh, for me, that's kind of the center of it right there. Uh, Love that book. I'm listening to um, Insomnia, another Stephen King book right now. And I just in a meeting the other day, like pull the quote out of there as if it was a business book. I've got this new idea from Stephen King. It was. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It is untamed. I was, I was correct um, by Glennon Doyle. So that book it has been a game changer for me and it's been really awesome. Um, but my like ultimate favorite book is Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I think it's the the book that uh like the one that I go back to often um that had the most impact. But my question is um if you looking back at the last year that we've lived through, what personal lesson have you learned that you plan to take with you through the future? So the first one that came to mind, but it's it's probably not the right answer, but for the sake of time is one thing I did learn that was huge for me is how to telecommute. <laughs> I cut this <laughs> off. That's a great skill to have. And, yeah. and I think it's but 
I haven't done Zoom meetings before. I think I work now more than ever because everybody can schedule a meeting on your calendar back to back to back. And it's just functioning and operating differently, but it's working more with a purpose and focus that it's, um, it just taught me different type of experience I can communicate with our clients and meet them where they need to be met. And um, it, it just has changed our way of business. So I think um, it helps out too. It helps us as a city because now we could downsize on our real estate footprint and to circle back from what we started off with. You know, the city is going through pain, um, pains that we all did, but there are also lessons learned from it too. And how do we value our real estate and what we do? So um, how we work has really um, been very informative for me. Absolutely. But I do miss one-on-one, so I'll be back in your office soon. <laughs> Good. And Jill, how about you? I would say it was a really great opportunity to get to know my teenage son better, mm-hmm. um, to spend a little more time with him. You know, I wasn't commuting, you know, so I can have lunch with him. I can, you know, get to know a little bit more about what's going on in his life and Uh, Not that I wasn't before, but I I have, you know, a little more time for that. And that's been nice. And I would say he's become my IT person and he's really good at it. But (laughs) but today it's not working so well. So I'll have to get with him to get some help. (laughs) Yeah. My six-year-old is my IT person too. And he uh, is surprisingly (laughs) good at it. Um, Yeah. Thank you. It's also been a lesson in flexibility, I would just say, um, in so many ways, I think for all of us to just keep pivoting and moving through the change and, and figuring it out in some cases as we go, but knowing that we're all doing it together and all, you know, trying to rise to the occasion and do the best that we can for our clients, for our families, for everyone. Absolutely. So before we finish here, can you guys let anybody who's listening know any of the businesses? Uh, how do we get in touch with you and your team? Sure. Um, for me, it's best on email. It's Donna underscore Kennedy at Tempe.gov. Jill, what, how anybody at City Hall, we go by our first and last name at Tempe.gov with the underscore between the two names. So Jill, I'll let you spell your last name. <laughs> sure. It's Jill underscore Bushbacher at Tempe.gov and it's B-U-S-C-H-B-A-C-H-E-R. And we're just, you know, glad to have folks reach out to us. We're here to help. That's what we do. Um, I'm really our business liaison. And so anytime that somebody's got a question, Donna is certainly available as well. But feel free to contact us because we're we're here to help and, you know, here to, as we say, you know, keep our businesses happy, healthy, and here. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you to Donna Kennedy and Jill Bushbacher with the city of Tempe for being on the show today. And until next time, we are off to continue building better communities where people and businesses thrive. Thank you for listening to the Future of Work Water Cooler Conversations with your hosts, Jen Burrell and Kyle McIntosh. Each episode shines the spotlight on business leaders who are defining what a healthy and productive workplace looks like in Arizona and beyond. To be part of the conversation, schedule a visit of the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center in Tempe, Arizona, and connect with us at max6.com. Remember to like and subscribe to the Future of Work Water Cooler Conversations on Apple Podcasts.